Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And we're back with another episode. <laughs> He's crunching and munching of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glasser coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, also want Game Source and Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Again, please go ahead and support us any which way you can right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Please like and subscribe. Follow, do whatever it is that you can to go ahead and help us out. Hit that little Joe right there in the right-hand corner of your screen on YouTube so you get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with another great Lakers fast break because the season's over, but we're still kicking. We're still going at it. We're still bringing you all the content we can right here at the Lakers fast break. Plus, my good friend, Mr. Joe Soro, you can find him whining about the, the Denver Nuggets. At, uh, as Ox1947 today at LakersBall.com. Plus also check out his business that he's so hungry now for because he just was working hard all day, built up that appetite, and you know he's crunching and munching away from it because he works at Simblades. He runs Simblades, Simblades with a Y.com. Also as well, our good friends Jamie Sweet and Laker Tom cannot thank them enough for stopping by on the weekend for their awesome chat. Go ahead and check it out today on our previous podcast right there for you on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, also go ahead and check out what they do as the number one Lakers blogger, Laker Tom, and the guy behind the five things articles, Jamie Sweet. Go ahead and check out what they do today at Lakerholics.com. Our good friend, Stone Hansen, said he's going to try with all the stuff that he's doing for the Upside Swings NBA Draft podcast. He is still going to try to make time later this week to talk the NBA draft. So go ahead and check out what he's doing today with the guys, the Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast. Our good friend, John McCain, go ahead and subscribe at his YouTube channel. And if you could support all of that, it is sincerely appreciated. I'll tell you what, so great to have you here. The NBA season has finally ended. And I will say a hearty congratulations to the Denver Nuggets who are the NBA world champions for 2023. The team that Luca in the chat, well, actually Luca in the comments 
said would beat the Lakers 99 times out of 100 if they played it all over again. And uh, he I, he and I had a little back and forth on that. So I, I hardly disagree that the Lakers would lose 99 times out of 100 to this Denver Nuggets team. But you know what? Hey, give them credit. A sweep is a sweep. A win is a win. A series is a series. And they did manage to go ahead and pull it out in the second half in the fifth game and go ahead and take the series in a series that actually took a little bit longer than I thought it would. So give them all the credit in the world. Give Miami some credit too, for getting that far after overcoming so many different obstacles. You know what? I thought it was a good playoffs. I got to tell Joe though, I didn't get the updated ratings for Friday's game until the weekend and the ratings were considerably down. So once they started to see the trend after game three, that looked like Denver was going to take the series. Everybody decided to go ahead and uh, vacate the premises as per, I guess, what people do when they see a series is over. So the numbers probably will pan out that the audience overall for the series was considerably down, which I know didn't make the league happy. But you know what? It is what it is when you've got all that parody. But here today to talk about what's going on, with the Lakers and a possibility is there for Fred Van Vliet, who decided he is going to opt out of the final year on his contract and become a free agent. Could he be a possibility? I know a lot of people have been asking in the chat over the past couple of weeks. Plus also we're going to go ahead and tackle anything that he wants to tackle, including the Denver Nuggets. And also maybe the fact that the Lakers are a 12 to one shot in Vegas right now to go ahead and be the world champions for next year. It is Joe Sorrow, and Joe, great to have you here, my friend. Thanks for coming by. Jamie, I know it's a little under the weather. He was thinking about stopping by, but I think he's going to go ahead and sit this one out. It's you and me once again, my friend, right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Well, if Fred Van Fleet is an option, it would have to be some form of a sign-and-trade. Yeah. Yeah. Toronto's reasoning would be to not lose that asset that contract asset question now is what would the lakers have that toronto would want um at this moment nothing (laughs) fred van fleet is not coming to la uh that deal is not likely to go anywhere i'd say if i had to choose if i had a gun to my head to choose he goes back to toronto okay you don't think he would get the same kind of offers, let's say in the same range or the same teams per se as Austin Reeves. Cause you and I speculate that if the Lakers get outbid by anyone, it would be the San Antonio's of the world, the Houston's of the world. He could be a good option for them as well. Playing alongside in San Antonio, Victor Wemiyama or in Houston playing alongside Jalen green. The only reason why San Antonio would offers uh austin 25 million for four years is to stick it to the lakers knowing that they'd have to match that offer they have no intention of paying austin reeves 25 million dollars i don't think any team has that aspiration so austin is a to me really a between a 15 to an 18 million dollar year player and giving them four years is kind of saying look we believe in you. We're going to give you this money. And 
we'll see kind of how things develop in terms of extensions down the road. And we'll obviously up that money if you continue to improve. Fred Van Fleet didn't particularly play well the last few years relative to how he played, let's say, during the title season. Uh, he's not a particularly tall guard. Uh, so if you're not going to shoot well in Toronto, where there's really no pressure, and if you're not of the correct height, this is not the kind of player we want at $30 million. Now, okay. if we had him, if we had him at 10 and 15, sure, absolutely. But if the Lakers are to do some kind of weird sign and trade, let's just say uh, they, they're shopping 17 and somebody wants it. And somebody wants the, the, con- the, the asset, the contract asset. And they want to, get something out of something, right? Instead of losing somebody outright. That would, I would like to get someone that's got at least a shot, a consistent shot and some height. And that would help. That would help uh, tremendously, especially with LeBron uh, having to scale back. And then I'm in, I'm in pretty good company that I I believe uh, Chris Paul is going to be a Laker next year. So if you have a young guard who can shoot with some height and then you have a veteran leader like, let's say, CP3 who plays 15 to 20 minutes a game during the regular season and you got LeBron playing hopefully 25 to 30 minutes a season, uh, 25 to 30 minutes during the season, you have a good recipe there for a title run. Obviously, AD needs to play like AD was playing the last few months on defense, especially. But I would pref- I would love to see if there's something done here this summer with his injury. I think there is something lingering there. If there's a way where we can get him to be 100% by training camp without without any issues, then you can get AD playing uh, good on the offensive side as well. And if he's available for 70 games, you might be able to see him either win a defensive player of the year or at least get in the top three MVP area, which every year we've been talking is if AD is in the MVP conversation, the Lakers are going to win. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Soro, a.k.a. Ox1947 from Simblades and LakersBall.com. With me, Gerald Glassford, truly appreciate you stopping by. BZ808 says DeJounte Murray is someone to look out for. You know what? Someone's been listening to a little Laker Tom as of late because that's one of his targets in his latest articles right there for you. He also discussed that a little bit on the Lakerholic spotlight. So your thoughts, is there even a possibility after the trade for three number one draft picks last year by Atlanta to go ahead and bring him over from the Spurs and what I think was a killer trade for the Spurs? Didn't exactly work as a good fit with Trey Young. I don't think that it was a great mix with working with each other. In theory, it was probably going to be very nice, but unfortunately in practice, it didn't quite work out that way. DeJounte Murray would be a great, but exactly how do you get him over here? No, you don't go after someone that the Spurs discarded. That should be (laughs) enough to tell you that that might not be the right player. Didn't we get Lonnie Walker the fourth last year? We got him at... Uh, a minimum contract and no, it was an MLE mid-level exception. Sorry. The, I, I I don't think, uh, 
I think the Lakers either need to just maintain what they have right now and get somebody in the draft and get a really good veteran player with a MLE exception to someone who could be like a Bruce Brown or the Braun Brown guy <laughs> uh, that Denver has someone that can be productive, someone that can hit a shot when it matters, things like that. I don't, I'm not really. So you don't think Fred Van Vliet, you know, he's shown to be a clutch player. Yeah. His, his numbers from behind the arc dropped, but he made up for it. in as far as in the two point area that, that rose, he became one of the top 10 players as far as assist to turnover ratio his playmaking increased as far as the capabilities there. His assist ratio turned uh, went up as like I was saying. So you don't think besides the height factor that he would be a good fit in LA or do you, you just don't think it's an economic fit? No, it's not an economic fit. And I don't, I don't know why that's a, a discussion. Honestly, most of these discussions are without thought. How are we going to get? I'm just how are we going to get a player? How are we going to get him? How would we get him other than using signing D'Angelo Russell to a similar contract and having to convince Toronto? Uh, and you know, Messiah with out over there is a he's got the temperament of a of a twelve year old girl. Uh, how how are you going to convince him to 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 make a trade like that? Well, the thing is, I ask you, it wouldn't be just signing D'Lo to a matching number. Maybe it's signing D'Lo and Rui or D'Lo and Bamba or D'Lo and Beasley or, you know, keeping Beasley on his 16, then utilizing it from there. If they feel that they that's their only option. And he really wants to not be with the Toronto then, Raptors. Then the, the, it, would, it would be imperative for Toronto to bring in numbers and not lose that that contract so yeah there is a possibility but i just don't i don't see how that how how that's going to work and i'm just going to be honest with you my friend when it comes to chris paul the rumors there i'm just not convinced that the lakers will get him at the smart money and like you and i talked about getting him at the ultra cheap on the low which chris paul who's made over 300 million dollars in his career not counting any advertising dollars or sponsorship dollars or whatnot. You know, he, he, he I just don't think his ego will allow him to go ahead and sign None for the minimum. There's then you don't sign him. Okay. You cannot risk losing the few assets you do have or options. I should say with the MLE and the draft pick, you cannot lose those two options unless you're bringing in a legitimate star someone who you know is going to cover for LeBron at the very least. This is, this, you just can't do that. You already learned your lesson with Russell Westbrook. You can't, you, you have to go, you have to play this very smart this time. You have to make sure you get someone that has some substance in the draft and you have to bring in someone that has some youth and some ability at, with the mid-level exception and bringing in Chris Paul uh, is, is a veteran move. That's it. That's why it's called the veteran minimum. If he wants more money, let him go to uh, Miami, let him go to New York, wherever those are, and that's it. If if Chris Paul stayed healthy during the end of end of seasons, you, you might consider it, but he doesn't. And even when he is healthy, he seems to not perform well. 
So I'm not risking any of our ability or any of our options that are, that would enhance the team because Chris Paul's ego won't allow him to take the veteran minimum. Then go go play with Miami. There's been a lot of rumors for years where he he'd, he'd flourish in Miami, and maybe he would. Or back to the Clippers. But so. they can no. I'm sorry. They can only sign him for the minimum. That's right. Yeah, they're they're, I, I, they're so would, cap. They're so cap fixed that they they can't sign him. Yeah, you don't want minimum. you don't look. You've already got a, a little bit of a hex on on you. Uh, you don't want to go to a quadruple hex of the L.A. Clippers. The L.A. Clippers <laughs> are a loser franchise that won't win anything in their existence until I see it. They're losers. They're a loser franchise. And they have the same problem Chris Paul has. They come up short when it matters. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. My last movie that I saw in the theaters was The Last Skywalker. I know, condolences to me. Wow, man. Right. I I just had talked about that and I completely forgot that I saw that movie. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't speak great things about it, I suppose. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Well, big shout out to Denver Nuggets, baby, because his team did win the NBA championship earlier this evening, the Denver Nuggets. Uh, Before we head back to what the Lakers need to do, and I want to talk to you about the odds for next season here in a little bit. Plus, also, if you caught the Winning Time Season 2 trailer as well. Your thoughts, though, on tonight's uh, final victory, Game 5 victory. Uh, It looked like Miami was going to go ahead and put up a good challenge, but they could never separate themselves, only just barely eking above uh, double digits a couple times. But in the second half, as soon as they were able to escape some of the foul trouble, Jokic and Murray were able to go ahead and, and lay it thick. And then the defense, something which we have not talked about too much from Denver, was I, I got to give them credit because they did play really hard, dedicated on the defensive end most of the series. And ultimately, I think that's a big reason why they got it done. Well, they got it done because they're they're the best team in the NBA. And Miami is is, is somewhat of a microcosm of the East. 
uh, uh, literal. <laughs> uh, they look like gangbusters in the East, but when they play the West, they turn into pumpkins. Even with all the might and all the effort and good coaching by Spo, all that, at the end of the day, they, they just can't beat the best team in the West, no matter how, how much they try. And Jimmy, Jimmy Butler, unfortunately, had probably his worst playoff game that I've seen him play uh, in this in this game. And they, they needed him to just play normal, and they probably would have won this. But maybe they wouldn't have. Uh, this Denver seemed to have – I felt very Laker-like. Uh, this felt like – I've seen the Lakers win championships like this several times where they're kind of – Meandering. Meandering a little bit, and all of a sudden they're down 10, and then something happens, and they start making a couple threes, then they get a couple stops, and all of a sudden they're uh, they're they're up 10. <laughs> Uh, search. That's a good point. I think that I think them allowing Boston to come back, being up three zero, might have actually took them out. If they had swept Boston, they would have gotten a good amount of rest, uh, at least mentally, and but maybe because they were going to the league was not going to start the finals until June first, either which way because they had been advertising it. Yeah, it would have been. Uh, it would have been at least finish it off in six but they they allowed boston to come back and extend it and that game seven was was pretty tight i mean well not tight but it's just you didn't need to go that route you should have just closed it out in game four but what are you gonna do you know you i don't what i don't i don't know if it would have mattered anyways i think denver was the best team in the nba and I think you said it, Gerald. I think we might have watched the NBA Finals, really, in, in the Western Conference Finals, which I don't really even consider that uh, an NBA title series because it sucked. It was a 4-0 sweep. So. But then again, Luca says that they would beat the Lakers 99 times out of 100. So. I don't care what Luca says. <laughs> oh, neither do I. <laughs> But I will say, though, the uh, odds for next season have already come out in typical gambling fashion. That's a good saying. bet, by the way. If the Lakers are 12-1, to 1, I would put $1,000 on that. Well, let me just give you the heads up right now for everybody out there for entertainment purposes. Of course, just want to let you know the Nuggets, of course, are the favorites for next season early on, plus 475. Boston Celtics are five, plus 575. Milwaukee Bucks are plus 700. Phoenix Suns are plus 850. Then you have the Golden State Warriors, 76ers, and Lakers all at 12 to 1. So your thoughts, any surprises there? Maybe that the Boston Celtics are above the Milwaukee Bucks, but I think it's just because of the fact that, that Middleton and Lopez are currently, their status for going forward with the Bucks is kind of in question. The Boston Celtics seem a little bit more solidified with their rotation at the, at the as of this point in time. Your thoughts? Does any of those teams stand out as far as uh, you know something you might want to be interested in? Milwaukee's in a little bit of a quandary right now. I I, I think okay, bringing back Middleton. I don't think Brooke is coming back, but bringing back Middleton will obviously keep the the one two punch of Giannis and Middleton. But they need another guy. They need another guy that can kind of be the, um, or at least a couple guys, kind of like how Denver won this year where they had Gordon 
and Porter, where they those guys would take turns on who would kind of be the third guy, uh, because they're they're they've kind of blown a couple of these runs that they should have had in the East. East is not good. As I mean, I know Boston's a formidable team, and Miami's got a lot of heart, but Milwaukee should have been in the finals the last few years. They had the talent. They had a two-way future Hall of Famer in his prime. You had a – you've won a title. It's not – it's not. I mean, the the one seed losing to an eight seed, not only losing, you got your re-rend beat the the whole series. So I don't know. I don't know what what's going to happen there. It's going to depend on I think who they get in and uh, if they can get a third guy in there that can be kind of a buffer when Giannis isn't able to hit shots and when Middleton is you know not feeling too well. Budenholzer gets the blame, which that's kind of how Budenholzer. I'm sorry, Budenholzer. Uh, gets the blame, just like every other coach. As soon as they start blowing leads or whatever, it's like, oh, well, it's the coach's fault. Well, coaches get tuned out, I guess. That's how it rolls. And and then that's what happened there. I I don't know. I I don't know how that's going to play out in Milwaukee. I don't know who wants to go to Milwaukee. Giannis seems to be a good enough guy where he's going to be loyal to Milwaukee unless he has to leave for whatever reason. So, I don't know. I don't know where I stand with Milwaukee. As far as Boston, Boston is due to pay some super max contracts here in the next couple of years. Uh, coming up right now is Jalen Brown. Is Jalen Brown a two hundred plus million dollar player? I think he made the thirteen. Correct? Yeah, he yeah. did. Yeah, yeah, so he's eligible for that super max. Yeah, the super max. I know the NBA is structured a certain way to where timing helps and all that, but Jalen Brown is not a supermax player to me. And to some degree, J- Jason Tatum isn't either. To me, supermax has to go to a LeBron, an AD, a Jokic, uh, someone who kind of really, really moves the needle when they're playing. Well, let me ask you this, Search and Destroy. Is Brown solid enough for a $250 million contract? He's solid, but he is not a – Yeah, he is not a superstar to me. And I have – I'm a little more harsh when it comes to the term star, superstar. He's extremely good. He's solid, but he is not a supermax player to me. Tatum has the ability to be a supermax player, but – he still has too many lulls in, 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 in these series. Too many lulls. I, I know he got injured in game seven. I know his ankle was bothering him, but you know, Kobe won a playoff game uh at 21 with one leg, uh, with Shaq fouled out. So again, guys, I'm not trying to say Tatum needs to be Kobe, but that's a super max player. Shaq in his prime is a super max player. And there's a reason why those guys won and why Tatum and, and Jalen Brown aren't winning. And Marcus Smart disappeared too. Uh, I think that guy might be what needs to be moved before the season starts next year. I think they need to get some some players. I think Marcus Smart with the right team would be immensely valuable. Lake and, and the Celtics can get maybe a couple players for him that might be, fit better a little bit, especially on the offensive side. 
where when they start getting deep in the playoffs, they might have some help there. Well, we'll definitely see what happens for next year. The one that stands out to me, to be honest with you, my friend, is the Golden State Warriors at 12 to 1, who have a lot of financial decisions to make in the next, what, 15, 16 months before training camp of next season when the CBA really kicks in and starts penalizing these repeater tax teams once they get over that second apron, that second tax apron. So if they don't get their act together and cut a lot of money out, a.k.a. a lot of salaries here in the next 15, 12, 15 months, they're really going to have to make some hard decisions because their whole way they do business will be handicapped going forward. I really think that's a hard one to stay at the level that they're at right now. So the word the word got out a little bit. Recently. Plus, they lost Bob Myers. Yeah, that was, the, I think, the, that was and the reason idea. why they lost Bob Myers is there's some talk that Steph didn't want this to be broken up, and Bob Myers says, "Well, we need to break this up." I think there was some rumors that Bob was trying to trade Clay. Steph said, "Absolutely not," and this is typical of superstars in in, in the past, whether it's Kobe, Jordan, LeBron. You know, all of them do it where they start to dictate how they want the team to be set up when they don't let the GMs do their job. And if I had to give an example, as you look at Michael Jordan, let's say in the late 80s, when he was getting beat by Detroit, well, uh, Jerry Krause traded Chris o- uh, Chris Oakley, Charles Oakley for Bill Cartwright. And at that time, it was position centric center power forward small forward shooting guard point guard right so they felt that charles oakley was a little too redundant at that time and they needed someone to be a starting center for this that particular team and michael was not happy about that because that was his guy that was his marty mcsorley to wayne gretzky and and uh but it was a smart move, right? Uh, Jerry Krause drafted Horace Grant. Jerry Krause drafted Scottie Pippen. Jerry Krause knew Doug Collins wasn't the right coach, hired Phil Jackson. And through all that, there was still strife, right? Because Jerry Krause had a jealousy issue, which in those cases, both were right, right? I... I have said this on the show a few times, and I, I, I say it in, in, in everyday life in general. Sometimes both parties are right. But a lot of times, being a human being, you want to be more right. Jerry Krause was a very, very integral part of the Bulls being what they became, especially in the late 80s, early 90s. And obviously, Michael Jordan was the most important part. And in this case, it's similar. It's a similar thing that happened, which I sort of just felt that's what was going on because why would Bob Myers not sign a contract? He didn't sign a contract because he knew he was going to leave. And the reason why he was going to leave this model franchise is because no one's going to listen to him. Okay, if you're not going to listen to me, I'm going to bounce. We need to trade Clay, and we need to let Draymond go. Steph, you're still doing good. You probably got another two, three years left. You don't want to win more. You don't want to win more championships. 
I got to trade these guys. They're not helping you out. Wait a minute. We just won a championship last year. Yes, that's great. But it's always smart to be there a little early than too late. And we saw what happened to Mitch Kupchak when he did that with Pau Gasol and Lamar Odom before that, you know what, vetoed the setup, right? Yes. You're it's a very difficult – it's a very difficult business because feelings get hurt. Players don't understand. They still they're loyal, which it's it's a it's a double-edged sword. Loyalty sometimes can get you in trouble. Because if someone isn't capable of doing what they need to do and you're loyal to them, the emotion gets into there. You can't you can't focus. So with that. I'm waiting to see if Draymond Green picks up his final year. Because that's that's the only way this thing stays together. And if Draymond's on the Golden State Warriors next year, you can kiss their d- dynasty goodbye. Well, their dynasty's done as of right now. Uh, the Lakers put a, put a stop to that. But next year, it's just going to be a dead season for them. They're not going to win anything. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Sorrell from Simblades, SimbladesWithTheY.com, and LakersBall.com as Ox1947, along with me, Gerald Glassford. The Denver Nuggets have won the 2023 NBA championship, and the season is now over, so we can totally focus now our attention on what the Lakers need to do to improve so that they can become the 2024 NBA champions. My friend... When it comes to what you see out there, I know that we're going to go ahead and dedicate an, uh, at least more than one episode as it gets closer to the end of the month on free agents and who they need to target. We're just hearing rumors and innuendo right now. Obviously, the Van Vliet announcement today that he will forego the final year on his uh, contract to become a free agent. That sparked, obviously, a lot of talk around L.A. and the L.A. scene. So you don't think that even you don't think the Lakers should go and make a concerted effort to go get Fred Van Vliet? I never said that. I just said it, it's not. He's not coming. It's not in. feasible. It's not economically no. feasible. No, it's it. Anyone who anyone who's hinting at, at at Lakers is just leverage pulling. That's it. There is no free agent in this off season. That has that's in their prime, that that's ready for their big contract, their second big contract or first, that has any shot of being a Laker. Zero. The other GM would have to be the dumbest GM in the, in the league. It's just not possible. The, the Lakers are going to get someone for the MLE, and then they're going to draft someone at 17, and then they're going to pick up a veteran player, Chris Paul, or someone else. And they're going to need to see some of the young guys come up. They're going to need a, they're going to need to see Max Christie come up. They're going to need to see Austin Reeves be a little bit better, which that part is a little bit tough because I don't know where else he could improve. He was really good. Is he going to score more? Is he going to take more of the point guard duties? Is he going to shoot 45% from three instead of 39-40%? Max Christie, is he going to be a solid 7-8 player on this team? Is the draft pick at 17 going to immediately pay dividends? And, of course, the MLE. Who, who's the guy that they're going to bring in that's going to be valuable right off the bat? That Those are the questions you should be asking if you're a Laker fan. 
stop fantasizing about Fred Van Fleet or Murray in Atlanta or Trey Young or Damian Lillard. I told you guys the only way those guys become Lakers, or at least Damian Lillard anyways, is somebody needs to do him a solid in Portland, and he has to demand it, just like AD did. And anyone who's come to L.A. via trade or free agency, there has to be some kind of demand to go there or a free free path there. LeBron, free path. Shaq, free path. That's yeah. that's just the reality of this. And I'm, I'm, I'm more excited about kind of trying to get out of this mindset of just we're going to go trade for half the goddamn league. Stop talking about this garbage. Enough already. If there's it va- keeps coming up, man. That's what well, Laker because, fans are talking no, about. No, it's because Laker fans need to start need to just wake the hell up a little bit and focus on stuff they can control. Stop wanting to get up everyone in the league. Everybody falls for that damn trick. Every the only reason why the media or whatever analyst out there or whatever Twitter guy or whoever guy, anytime they start yapping about these rumors, is they're just they're just doing it for clicks. Stop falling for it. The Lakers are not going to get any big name in this, this offseason. Not one. Big name in their prime. Focus on bringing depth to this team and hitting on that 17th pick because that's what's going to help you. That's what's going to help you try to win a championship next year. The Lakers have young players right now that they can sign, that will have a training camp under their belt, that will have a summer under their belt as Lakers, And let's build this the right way. Let's do what Denver did last year. See what we can do. Uh, Again, there's a lot to think about. Obviously, with the draft coming up and free agency coming up after that, we can go ahead. I know that search and destroy, there's a lot of work to be done. But hopefully, we will see that LeBron James get better, feel better. Hopefully, try to get whatever injuries, shake that off. AD as well. Hopefully, they can go ahead and rest over the summer and finally get back into shape. And hopefully, we can find ways to go ahead and get them off the floor more often. I think that's the key, Joe, is finding talent around them that will be able to go ahead and allow them to play less minutes throughout the regular season. That's that's number one. LeBron cannot play more than 29 minutes a game. In the regular season, if he plays 35 minutes a game, it's 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 going to end badly. It's just going to burn out all over again. It's going to burn out his his body. It's going to burn out his mind. Uh, AD is uh, maybe we can get lucky and he finally plays 70, 75 games. That could be a huge difference. I think 70 games. If he can do 70, I, I would just be doing. Um, I, if I could, I would be doing backflips. You know, 12, 12 games is still a lot to me. I, I feel like 75 would be nice, but we know that's not likely to happen because it, that hasn't happened in yeah. a while. If that's the case, then you need to obviously have a good system set up here, good chemistry, good understanding of you know, picking up the slack here because I don't know how many times Denver was able to sustain whatever they were doing when Jokic was sitting down or when he had five fouls. And that's what championship teams do is just because your guy is down doesn't mean you stop being great. If you were Thomas Bryant, yeah, you're happy you won a chip, but would you be kind of insulted that, you know, with all the foul trouble that they had in the first half, that your name didn't get called and DeAndre Jordan's was. 
Just saying. I, I, I don't. I don't know. I, I guess I'd be upset, but... If this is the reason why he wanted to be traded. I think he should have stayed in L.A. You and I both. <laughs> but those who think that the grass is greener on the other side usually find out that the grass is dead. It's just, a, you know, something I noticed Search and Destroy when <laughs> they brought DeAndre Jordan, of all people, because uh, Gordon had foul trouble you had also as well. And he had a block had right out of the bat. Yeah, had a block right out of the so bat. That's, didn't do it. That's, that's your answer. So you didn't Thomas, do anything else. but Thomas yeah. Bryant cannot play defense. He has no lateral, lateral movement. He has a good offensive game when it's needed, but he's not going to necessarily play well with Jokic in there. They kind of sort of occupy the same area. But what if he was, you know, out like he, you know, was today? They were down to, they were rather playing Michael P. George, uh, Michael, uh, you know, it was Porter, MPJ. I was going to say Michael. Mike, Porter, Mike, Michael Porter. Mike at, Malone at is a temperamental. And Jeff Green at the Ma- five. Mike, Mike Malone is probably a, he's a temperament, temperamental type of guy. Maybe Thomas Bryant just, he just doesn't identify with him very well that that's that's something that happens a lot this is guys certain coaches don't want to play certain players and maybe thomas bryant's one of those guys we'll see what happens my friend but yeah thomas bryant uh again kind of a happy but not happy for him because the fact is again he wanted out and got what exactly what he wanted to you know to go on a championship team but didn't get to play or contribute much to it and found himself quickly on the bench gathering cobwebs. So, you know, I guess what you get, what you ask for, but uh, when it comes to what we're seeing now with Denver, you know, the, the, the actual road to actually repeating, even though Vegas already has them as the leader in the clubhouse, I'm not sure my friend, because as you know, in, in this days and age, especially with the way the league wants parity and a stressing parity and trying to make every which way for parity is going to be very difficult for any team to go ahead and repeat anytime soon. It's it's hard to repeat because you most most teams relax. They they rest on their laurels. They eat a little bit more food and celebrate a little bit more and drink a little bit more to 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 celebrate their accomplishment. Denver doesn't necessarily feel like a team, and you can tell with Mike Malone. Mike Malone is uh, such a blowhard that Michael Malone, you're you're he's he's gonna burn guys out. He did it in Sacramento, and don't be surprised if he does it in Denver. And Jokic, yeah, he could probably I could probably see Jokic continue to do what he's doing. Jamal Murray does have mental lapses every now and then, but we'll see how, what happens there. Porter, Aaron Gordon. We're going to have to see how those guys play when they've won. Can you, can you stay some, some, some are, some can perform when they're, when they're climbing, but once they get to the top, can they stay up there? If we have a healthy LeBron and I mean a healthy LeBron where LeBron can get to the basket uh, and, and AD playing defense the way he is and not missing chippies. Yeah, it, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers took him out next year. And again, I would still take LeBron and AD healthy or the 2020 LeBron and AD above the 2020. That's the bummer. That, that's Murray the bummer. That, that, is, that is the bummer is 
and I know we can say that about anybody, any player, but if we had had LeBron 2020, the, the Lakers would have won that series. LeBron could not get to the basket. And when he did go to the basket, he couldn't do it for a full 48 minutes. He did it in a half. He did it in a quarter. He just didn't have enough. He just didn't have enough to, to be LeBron. Because as soon as that guy was going to the basket, the, the, that, that was what gave him that 15-point lead in game four, was LeBron was going to the basket at will. But as soon as he got, as soon as the second half started, you, you hardly saw him there. Just not enough. Just no. not enough at this age. That's why you need you need the threat you need the threat of the of the driving dish. That 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 drive and pass that half court offense where you can get the ball going from corner to corner and as soon as somebody gets open you can make that shot on a consistent basis. That's what sets everything apart. Uh, Denver made those shots. The Lakers didn't make those shots, and that what this is a shot making league. It's a young man's league, but it's also a shot making league. If you don't make shots in the playoffs, especially towards the end of games, you're not going to win games. Denver did that for two straight series against really good teams. So I ask you, my friend, you're going to go ahead. The season's finally over, and you're evaluating what your team needs based on players. Not not player names, per se, but positional need right now. What are you looking for first and foremost to help build your team for next fall? We need a perimeter player who can play defense and shoot from outside consistently. That's number one. One A is a legitimate center. We have to have a center. I I was even going to say that's first, but we are a perimeter league now, but man, it's, it's darn close. It's a one A on that. AD needs to play power forward next year. He can come down to, as a center every now and then, but it cannot be a regular thing. He needs to stay at power forward, and we need a center that can play 30 minutes a game. That is imperative. Dad, you always bring in the, the laughter to this uh, show every time he's in the chat. Truly appreciate him being here. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. As a Golden Knights fan who's on the verge of uh, seeing the city and the team winning its first championship, that's all I'm hearing is rigged, 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 rigged. And that's all I'm hearing. I'm hearing the same thing for Nuggets fans. You know what? Give them credit. They did win. They did sweep the I, Lakers. I don't, I don't they much. Won, I'm trying they to understand how, how the finals were rigged. He's just joking. Daniel's oh. just joking. Yeah, Daniel comes on. He's he's just all full of uh, jokes on it. He does ask legitimate questions from time to time. But, yeah, he always always starts off with that. If you wanted to uh, say it was a snooze fest, that would be like, yeah. Sure. Uh, and I think that reflected in the ratings. I think that people, once they saw what happened in game three with Denver winning on the road, they thought the series was over. And as I mentioned to you, that the numbers came out over the weekend and game four, the ratings went. No, the ratings, the ratings haven't really been really that good in the. Well, in they the were 3% lower than last year with Boston and Golden State until game four when it went in the toilet. The NBA is, it's just not. You're not getting those 28 and 30s like you used to when you had when you had Jordan. No, and for, that's a that's a time gone by, my friend. Yeah, it's sad because you got a you got a league that's a 20 to 30 billion dollar a year league. How you, how are you just getting seven million people watching the NBA Finals? That's kind of embarrassing. We're in a different avenue. So many different forms of entertainment now are, are accessible to to us as 
human beings. It's just it's hard to get any type of number that's huge on broadcast What's, television. What 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 it what what else is there out there? I, I I know what's going on. There's nothing to watch. What is there to watch? Well, I'll start with your favorite on streaming television. I mean, there there's what like different what? channels. The Desperate House skanks of whatever. <laughs> like what's really on TV? I I I, oh, I, I, I turn the channel all the time, and I, I I see nothing but trash. I see home improvement things where that are unrealistic. You have a bunch of yahoos who. Who, who are seamstresses and bartenders who've had budgets of $3 million for a house. I'm like, how the hell is that even possible? I know people who are lawyers and doctors that don't have that kind of money. Everything's fake. At least with the NBA, at least with sports, these guys are actually legitimate athletes. You can't fake Jokic. You can't fake Jamal Murray's. You know, you either talent, you're talented or you're not. So why wouldn't they watch? Why weren't they watching? Is, are they still have are they still on their high horse with their political BS or, or 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 is the game too slow or the refs scamming things? Is that what it is? I guess it's okay to say something's a scam when you're watching sports, but it's okay when you're watching these stupid shows that are scams too. They actually we all they're a hundred percent scam. So the 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 two the two whole speaking is is very prevalent in those things maybe the nba doesn't care anymore because they already have the tv contracts right and the cap keeps going up it's it's similar to the whole uh oh everyone's leaving the state of california i go okay if everyone's leaving the state of california why is why are houses in east la still eight hundred thousand dollars in not so good neighborhoods hmm. I have to have this discussion a lot during my time. I, keep, I bet you do. I keep hearing things, sports, life, whatever. And then I'm going, hmm, I actually go to things like games. I actually watch <laughs> the games. I actually drive around in neighborhoods in Southern California. I actually pay attention to the market. I actually know people who buy houses. Matter of fact, my good friend Tabitha. Just bought a house. Congratulations, Tabitha. I don't know how the hell you bought it, but you deserve it. <laughs> um, and I'm going, okay, if this is what the TV says, why is this this price? Why, why, why is why is the NBA, why is the salary cap going up this summer, yet we have ratings that are in the eights? I don't, I'm, I'm trying to figure something out here. Anybody, anyone, anyone? Bueller, Bueller. You know, again, getting in the discussion with you, I can disagree with you. All, you know, a hundred. Not about times disagreeing with me. It's what it is. See, I don't yap because I want to be right. I'm yapping because that's what I see. I couldn't give two craps about right and wrong so that I can feel better. I want to know what's right and what's going on. Why? Why are we getting such terrible ratings yet the money keeps going up? What's the who's lying? Who's making money? You mean ABC is getting terrible ratings? That's just okay. Half the people don't have cable anymore, more than half. Half the people don't have satellite. Everybody gets Hulu or whatever the hell it is. What, what, where's this money coming from? Gambling? Have you noticed that a lot of these gambling things are going on now? People getting caught gambling that are 
professional athletes? Isn't that what they were afraid of before? Maybe yeah. the uh, the ace thing is starting to become kind of one of those things where like, well, everybody wants to come to Vegas so they can get their brand new stadium, and the council the council does not want to, our like, house in our state does not want it. I don't right, want it. right. I don't want to pay three hundred eighty million dollars. Right, and and those who 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 are in the fact, team hasn't and, won twenty games this year. Why and, and would those, I want them? And those who are infatuated with. And again, the Raiders shouldn't have come to Vegas. That was a bad. If the Dodgers deal. said they would come over. Then we think about it, obviously. And 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 they would the Lakers for sure, right? I can imagine the Las yeah. Ve- Las Vegas Lakers. I mean, they'd build well, a. They they clear it, out. Honestly, I think the Lakers would clear where out. Where did Kareem get the, the scoring strip. record because of the earthquake, my friend, in Las Vegas? That's a <laughs> that, that's a trivia question right there. Do you know your Lakers trivia at the Thomas and Mac? That's something to think about right there. They deserved it because Vegas supports the Lakers very well, especially during their preseasons. Well, and I understand that there was still fallout, you know, from the David Stern era from the All-Star game and all the the crime and all the shootings that were taking place during that time because of what happened during that. But it's taken decades for the league to suddenly want to be a part of, of the Las Vegas scene so much that they would even contemplate another expansion team yes we've run summer leagues here for for quite a spell but it wasn't until really in the past decade that they've seen the growth of the city to the point where they're mm, after seattle this might be a good space it's a to transit go. it's a transit city it's not a not as much as it used to be my friend uh, well i least, live in the least, city i go around at least at, I least, see in Va- at least where everyone knows like the strip area Okay, if you want to talk about Henderson and-, and and petting my cat was actually looking for me on the strip, I said, "Well, you got to let me know. I'm not exactly on the strip. Exactly. I live so- in Vegas. Vegas is more than just a two mile stretch of strip." And then you got to factor in what's the population there? Hundred thousand people. It's closing in on three million. The greater Las Vegas or actual the strip? The whole bowl, the mountain area, the whole county, as far as uh, Clark County, Henderson, North Las Vegas, Las Vegas as a whole. Okay, so what do you consider Vegas? Do you consider the greater Vegas is 3 million, right? Because L.A. technically has only 3 million people in it, but the and greater area the is county, 10 million. County. Yeah, but Los Angeles is so much more, Southern California is so much more spread out. Las Vegas is a bowl. It's well, a bowl. L.A. It's- is the most dense, densely populated area, even more than New York now. Vegas is like in a bowl, my friend. You look at it, there's nowhere to go outside of that bowl, okay? You got I'm not to, a you... fan of Vegas. I do like the shows, and I like the sports, and I think there's some elegance in that I'm, I'm going to be able to come watch the Steelers play in Vegas this year. Okay. But I, I don't like it. I don't like Vegas. It's too I'm fake. Sorry. I don't like fake things. Step outside that strip, and you'll see a lot less fake. You'll see. Well, more I, I see a lot of uh, people passing out porn cards when my kids are with me that's a strip mm. that is a strip so yeah. well that's where they set up all the dance competitions they, they don't go to henderson i'd be fine doing stuff at henderson versus the strip henderson's unless i'm place. going to a show and i do like the lights and Summer i do looks like nice too yeah but i'm not i'm just again i uh i don't know i'm not i i like clean. i will defend i'm, I'm a clean things. guy look i'm i like clean if this is I defend new, LA and I defend Las Vegas. LA is dirty as hell. Vegas is dirty as hell. New oh, York has God. a little. I, when we went to New York in 2019, 
uh, December, end of December of 2019, before the pandemic hit, I was pleasantly surprised at how clean it was. Uh, not that it was dirty when I'd gone years before, but uh, it, 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 I felt like it was much cleaner than LA and much cleaner than Vegas and these places. Uh, so clean is my thing. I like clean and most places more and more as we go is getting dirtier and dirtier. Well, that's just, that's just, and that has to do with a lot of the, just the acceptance of gambling, the acceptance of drug use and things like that. It's, it's not a, it's not that hard to figure out. That's what happens when you allow these things. I, I think you're painting Las Vegas with a very broad brush, and I think that's incorrect. I've been to Vegas a lot, a lot in my life. I've I lived in Las Vegas since 1995. Don't tell me Las Vegas, because I know uh, it better than you. Uh, uh, uh. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey Lakers fans, looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. But once again, it is Lakers. It's Joe Soro along with Gerald Glasser. Before we head on out, my friend, uh, and we've gone all over the map from talking about the Nuggets to how you would build the team, what positions, Fred Van Vliet. I want to go ahead and make sure we touch on something before we head on out, and that is the winning time on Max. You can't say HBO Max anymore. Max Channel debuting the trailer for season two of your favorite basketball <laughs> drama because it's you know plays a lot loosely off of some of the things that went on in nationality and that's winning time season two so let's hear your thoughts the trailer dropped today it is coming out on august 6th i do recommend you know if you've not seen season one go ahead and give it a watch especially if you're a lakers fan uh, it is a little bit exaggerated. Okay, it's really exaggerated. But your thoughts on Winning Time Season 2? I put the link out there for you guys. I did see the link. I did not uh, get a chance to see the trailer. I will okay. as soon as we get off the show here tonight. Okay. The... Uh, basically, it deals with the the aftermath of the 1980 World Championship the Lakers won, what happened in, in the preceding year to go down the line. And that it uh, dealt with the problems of, of when, like you were talking about with the Denver Nuggets, what happens after you win a championship, plus also the rise of the Celtics and Larry Bird as well. I think that the 81 season had more to do with the fact that Magic was injured that year. Uh, how that year would have played out, I don't really know. I wasn't old enough to remember it, but just from the little bit that I that I read about, Magic's only season where he was injured was the 81 season. And that kind of, and the first round was a three game series. Uh, that, that's, they didn't even have a chance to kind of get their, their legs under them and boom, they were, they were, they lost. Uh, the interesting part about the 81 season is that the Sixers were, were up three, one against Boston and then blew a three, one lead. Boston ended up winning the championship. But then they came back and 
1982, and Paul Westfall decided. Paul Westfall. <laughs> Paul Westhead. Yes. Paul Westhead decided that he didn't want to play fast, run and gun offense, which is so ironic in so many what ways. What the hell? Like when when my mind kind of was trying to wrap my head around it. What was his reasoning? Yeah, I can't. That didn't I make can't any sense. That. That's like Bill Belichick deciding after winning championships, oh, you know what? I'm going to run the run and shoot now. It just it didn't it didn't make any sense. Something weird there. I'd like to hear more info on what what happened there. Yeah, I just again, I, I can't argue or defend that one because he's been very vague about that period of time in interviews since. I really want to know that's if I ever had Paul uh, Westfall, uh, excuse me, Paul. See now you got me saying it. Paul Westhead for an interview, I would love to go ahead and ask him outside the loyal and Marymount stuff, which I was so big a fan of, why he went away from that when the rest of his career is defined by the helter-skelter offenses that he created for not only Loyola Marymount, but later on with the Denver Nuggets and also as well as a WNBA champion with the Phoenix Mercury. So that's something to think about. It's, right it's hard. It's hard. It's, it's the NBA's always had an issue with, with coaches staying too long. The, the Popoviches and the Jerry Sloans are just a rare, they're, they're the anomalies. And even Jerry Jerry Sloan had Darren Williams bounce him out of Utah. And the sad thing about that was Darren Williams bounced himself out quicker than I think I've ever seen a potential superstar go. I had I still can't figure out what happened to him. So when you have players like that, and then you got a and you got very limited amount of superstars in a in a league and 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 only five guys play. So each one is imperative to, to, to winning and ticket sales and all that. The coach is always going to be the sacrificial lamb. And then, of course, if the coach has an ego himself and wants to – and this is something, too, that I, I have to – I have to you have to say that there's some coaches that really are do some not-so-smart things. Uh, Sam Mitchell comes to mind a lot with Kobe's 81 points. Uh, George Carl's decision on not putting Gary Payton on Jordan the first three games in the 96 finals. Why in the hell would you guys not not double-team Kobe when your players are saying, hey, coach, we need to double-team this guy? And he's like, you no. About Buden, you talked about Budenholzer previous years. The way he is, uh, you know, part of the reason why he's probably been fired and is looking, you know, to do something else as far as with someone else was the fact that his, his – the way he – put Giannis Antetokounmpo in a, in a defensive mindset as far as, oh, I'm not going to have him play directly on this other team star player. He chose that for most of the tenure of the past uh, three, four seasons. And the only time he really focused on him going ahead and focusing on the star player on the defensive end, they won a title. All the other seasons, he he had them play as a, as someone that's just, uh, you know, going back and forth and just as a Rover and all that. Yeah didn't work out did it no and that's the that's the ego are you willing to do what need that need are you willing to do what needs to be done to win 
to have the best result possible in anything you do. If you let your ego be a detriment to those things, you are a clown. And there's a lot of clowns out there, a lot of clowns. And human beings have issues with that. It's, It's in everyday life, everyday life, bad decisions because you feel like you have no validation. You're not getting the credit. Who gives a crap about credit if the result is there? What is the credit going to do? You want somebody to slap you on the behind and tell you how great you are? If you need that kind of reassurance after you've gotten the result that ultimately was what the goal was, you're, 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 you're useless. You're the problem. And it comes in all shapes and sizes and all kinds of industries and all kinds of cultures. The ego of validation, the ego of being patted on the back, even after a positive result. And the NBA has kind of a, I wouldn't say it's equal. I'd say there's a lot of players that have railroaded coaches that I felt were not deserving of being railroaded. But at the same time, there's been coaches that have kind of sunk themselves. Budenholzer is one of them. George Carl has been there a few times. Uh, Sam Mitchell, uh, just listening to Jalen Rose tell us that story about, coach, we should double team this guy and Sam Mitchell telling him to shut up on the coach. It's like, dude, this has nothing to do with you're the coach. We're out there and this guy's burning us. Put three guys on him. No, you're going to run what I want you to run. No, you're not covering Jordan, even though you're the defensive player of the year. As far as an owner, if I was an owner, I'd like to not, I'd like to be like Dr. Buss and not get in the way of things, right? But at the same time, if you're knowledge in basketball, you're going, what are you doing? I'm not trying to tell you how to do your job, but why aren't you putting your best defensive player on their best offensive player? Well, I don't want to burn him out. I'm like, he's 26 years old. He's in his prime. What? He's the only guy that's played offense and defense at a high level? What, LeBron James and Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and Kobe Bryant? I mean, isn't he a two-time MVP, defensive player of the year? What are you, what are you waiting for, Christmas? What are you waiting for, uh, 2029? You want to preserve him? And that is another thing, is this constant, pres- this, this Dave Roberts mentality. You take out your pitcher so you don't burn him out, right? You take your pitcher out so he doesn't get burned out in June, yet you still take that pitcher out in October. You don't take him out in June so you don't burn him out in October, not realizing you still need to get to October to burn him out. I'll tell you what, my friend. It's been great talking to you on today's show. Before we head on out, though, and I before I just decide to tell you and tell everyone out there what I'm looking forward to talking about later this week, Wanted to go ahead and give a big shout out to some of the Denver Nuggets that actually did win. Uh, congratulations to the Denver Nuggets 2023 NBA champions, especially Jeff Green, who played on 12 different, this is his 12th different team in 16 seasons. And Ish Smith, I don't know, he's been traded. He's been on different teams. I think 15, I think he's been on 15 different teams, something like that. He's all, I, I think half of the league he's played on. 
and he finally gets himself a, a ring as well. Of course, KCP, and wouldn't you know, Joe, he plays some crucial minutes and comes up big in the clutch for them at, at uh, during the late the latter part of the game, which, uh, you know, again, you and I both know is when he stepped up for us in 2020. So congratulations to him. And, yes, Thomas Bryant as well. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, I don't give a crap. Yeah. Okay. I just want, well, just, just want to get to the draft, please. I don't care about Denver or the <laughs> championship. Tried to be nice. Denver Nuggets, baby, comes on the air with us, treats us with respect. So wanted to get it. Good go for him. Give this, but I, I think one time was enough, not four times. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough indeed. But our focus is now the off season as it is now here. The Lakers are now going to go ahead and hopefully be a part of much of what we see and talk about here in the NBA off season with trades, hopefully, or free agent signings or draft choices that they have to make. So I'm looking forward to that. Also as well for this week, I'm looking forward to tie professor Joe Soro to a day when he can go ahead and go and talk about the finals, NBA finals, some NBA finals class, because it is the finals for Lakers history 101 for our current class uh, potential graduates. So finals are coming up. So I'm hoping that Professor Soro can go ahead and elaborate on a finals exam on the NBA finals coming up on Wednesday. I'm hoping that that'd be a good day for you on that. Thursday, we'll come back with you on a regular show. And Friday, I'm hoping for Stone Hanson to join us as well. So a lot of good stuff. Maybe we still got in store. And actually, Laker Tom, since Jamie's going to Phoenix, he might be stopping by with a Lakerholics show this well this weekend or maybe even sooner than that. I'll leave it up to him. So I like it. Yeah, so we're not slowing down, my friend. We still got lots to talk about. And if anything comes up on Tuesday, absolutely. I'd love to go ahead and talk I'll We'll just go. You have Joe's ready. He'll say if something comes up, Joe, we got to talk about it right away. Uh, Laker Nick, I'm still trying to find out a time to get him in the afternoon because I know we've got watchers and listeners on the East Coast that always ask us, when can you guys do things earlier in the day? Want to go ahead and do so. Josh Redeets, I know, is always asking us that. So we're trying, just trying to nail down a good time and a good day for the rest of our crew here. But yeah, we still got lots of shows coming at you. What do you think, Joe? Think we can well, do it? Well, it's. Time to wrap it up, ramp it up here. Now the offseason is here officially. Let's mm-hmm. start talking about how this team is going to get constructed and focus on the common sense improvements. The draft, the options you have with your your exceptions, and which guys are, are the Lakers going to sign. Those are the things I would like to concentrate on because I am done. I'm done talking fantasy. I want reality. I want the Lakers to put together a team here for one more LeBron AD run. I want Banner 18 by this time next year. I'll tell you what, my friend, as do I. I do want to make a correction. Ish Smith has played for 13 teams. Jeff Green, 12, him 13. But they both have their title now. Now we can focus on the Lakers 100%, what they need to do in the offseason to get things done. You know we have our opinions always hot and ready for a team that, again, that the Nuggets, according to Luka, would win 100 out of 100 series against the Lakers. Hopefully that will change for next season. So we truly appreciate it. I disagree with him wholeheartedly. I think just because of the sheer nature of the NBA, that is absolutely not possible. But okay, you know, be that as it may. 
beat at SMA. So for Joe Sorrell, please go ahead and check him out at LakersBall.com. Also, our good friends, Jamie Sweet and Laker Tom at Lakerholics.com, and our good friend as well. He's putting out a ton of shows, Upside Swings, NBA Draft Podcast. Please go ahead and check it out. It is the busiest time of season. Could be the last season he's doing this. He's mentioned that on the air before. I certainly hope not. I certainly value everything that he does for us and everything he does for the NBA fans out there. So please go ahead and support him today, Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast, and the other guys as well as well. They all do a great job. Please go ahead and check them out. And of course, everything that we do here, we're going to keep at you with a whole bunch of stuff this summer. Now that the season's over, it's just begun for us here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. <laughs> 